Welcome to the New Point Community Church Podcast. This message is part of our series, Life is Complicated, We Can Help. We want to thank you for joining us, and we hope you continue to realize and reach your full potential in Jesus Christ. Hey, New Point, I want to welcome each and every one of you, and I want to give a shout out to all of our campuses, those of you in Dover, those of you in Cambridge and Coshocton, Millersburg, Worcester, and Canton. I am so excited about what God is doing at each of those locations. I also want to welcome those of you who are joining us in online. And by the way, if I haven't told you lately, I want you to know that I love you. I really do. I never get tired of saying that. I hope you never get tired of hearing it. But more importantly, as we all know, God loves you and God is for you. And your best days, my best days, our best days collectively are ahead of us because God is good, God is great, and God is generous. Now, we're kicking off a new series, and we did it last week called Greater. We're going to continue this series. And basically, we're looking at a letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to the, uh, the church in Colossae, okay? And uh, it's called Colossians. And I've challenged you to read it every week. So I trust that this past week, you've read all four chapters and you are taking notes and highlighting different things and allowing God to speak to you. But as Paul writes this letter, he encourages the church to be found in Christ. Over 15 times, he says, in Christ. And so we're to operate in Christ. And when we do that, we find that we become lesser and he becomes greater. And that's a good, good thing. When I become less and Jesus becomes greater, that's a fantastic thing. You see, holding on to my life or you holding on to your life and wanting what you want or what you think you want or what you desire is is not the way to do life. Because basically what you're doing is you're holding on to a sinking ship. And you know that doesn't work. It just doesn't work. And so my prayer in this series for you is to allow Christ to become greater in your life, in your marriage, in your family, in your workplace, here at New Point, in your community, that you will allow Jesus to become greater in all of your relationships. Because here's what I know, and and I know this for myself, Wherever Jesus becomes greater in my life, guess what? Life gets better. Life gets better. And today what we want to look at is this thought of greater wholeness. Greater wholeness. Now, you might say, what? That sounds like a contradiction in terms, Dwight. If something is whole, then it's full. It's complete, right? How do you add something that's already whole. Well, that's the point of John the Baptist, okay? John the Baptist said this. He said, he must become greater and greater, and I must become less and less. And, and, and when you and I make a decision, and we need to make this decision every day, when you and I make a decision to become less so that Christ can become greater, then what happens is his greatness makes us whole. Now, I realize sometimes we don't always get this. In fact, most of the time we don't. 
because it would seem to be something that's easily to understand, but sometimes it's a little bit confusing. You know, if Jesus has made us whole, then why do we want to add to that wholeness? Or how can we make that wholeness become greater? Well, we can't. But the only way that you and I can do that is becoming less and allowing him to become greater and greater and greater. And so what had happened is the church at Colossae started to drift from that firm foundation that we've talked about, the person of Jesus Christ. And they were not becoming less. They were becoming greater, and Jesus was becoming less. And so Paul calls them back to live in freedom. Freedom. Not a freedom to sin, because sin always robs us of of our potential in Christ, but a freedom to be able to, to, to experience life to the fullest, to be able to experience the life that Jesus Christ has died and purchased for you and me. You see, the heart of, listen to me, the heart of Christianity is Jesus. He's our cornerstone. Now, here's what I know, though. We all have beliefs, right? Sometimes we act on those beliefs. Sometimes we don't act on those beliefs. Sometimes we get distracted. We might say we believe in something, but do we really act upon it? You know, like, let me ask you a question. How many of us believe that carrots will make you see better? Let me ask you another question. How many of us eat carrots every day? See, that's what I mean. And so Paul finds them saying that they believe something, but really they're acting out on other beliefs because they start living by rules and regulations. And that was an indicator that they had really drifted away from the simplicity of Jesus Christ. You see, as I've said in this series, your view of Jesus will impact every area of your life. And that's why you have to get it right. And by the way, that's the reason why Paul wrote this letter called Colossians, because our faith, their faith, should be the key to transforming our relationships that we have with our family, with our friends, at the workplace, at our churches, in our communities. And if you and I are going to follow Jesus, okay, then everything that we believe needs to be through this one simple truth. Jesus is enough. Jesus is enough. And when he becomes greater, guess what? We experience a greater wholeness. Now, if you don't, if you don't understand this, if you don't get this, then I promise you the enemy will come in and deceive you in every which way. He will deceive you. He, he will deceive you in multiple ways. And, and so what we have to do is we have to come back and we have to say, you know what? Am I open to correction? How do I see myself physically? How do I see myself mentally? How do I see myself emotionally? How do I see myself spiritually? You see, it all gets down to this one simple truth. Jesus is enough. Just Jesus is enough. And he just needs to become greater in you and me. And the way in which he becomes greater in you and me is we become less and less and less and less. So let's look at what Paul has to say in chapter two 
as he brings back this church to this one simple truth, Jesus is enough. And when he becomes greater, we experience greater wholeness. Let's look at what he has to say. He says, I want you to know how much I have agonized for you and for the church at Laodicea and for many other believers who have never met me personally. Paul had never been there, okay? We know that, okay? He's heard about them and he's writing them. He goes on to say, I want them to be encouraged and knit together by strong ties of love. You see, listen, when, when, when you are whole, you're not needy. That, that means that you can be tied together and knitted together tightly with love. If you're not whole, then you're always looking for somebody else to, to complete you. He says, I want them to have complete confidence that they understand God's mysterious plan, which is Christ himself. He says, I want them to understand this plan that God has for them. I don't want it to be confusing. He goes on to say this, in him lie hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I am telling you this, listen to this, I am telling you this so that no one will deceive you with well-crafted arguments. For, he goes on to say, though I am far away from you, my heart is with you. He's very, very much connected with them. He cares about them deeply. And I rejoice that you are living as you should and that your faith in Christ is strong. And so based on Paul's words here, what we, what we find out is the way in which we experience greater wholeness is this. We have to recognize Jesus. We constantly have to recognize Jesus. We cannot drift from this. We, we, cannot, we cannot ignore him. We have to recognize him in every area, in our marriage, in our parenting, in our work, in our career, in our relationship. And Paul is challenging them, and he is saying, recognize Jesus everywhere. Here's what he says. He says, in him lie hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. What is he saying? In him is everything that you need. He is enough. He has all wisdom and knowledge. He's the one who's going to lead you down the right path. He's going to lead you to experiencing life and life to the fullest. Paul is saying, you know what? You need to recognize Jesus. And it sounds simple, but it's so easy for you and I to get distracted. Would you agree with me? And, and what happens is distractions come from us focusing on specific details. In this case, who is Jesus? You see, Jesus is not a guru. He's not a genie bottle, okay? He's not a good guy. He's not even a remarkable guy, okay? Who is he? Paul tells us. He says, for in Christ lives all the fullness of God in a human body. Who is Jesus? He is God. And so we need to recognize Jesus for who he really is. He's God. He's God in all of the fullness. He's God in a human body. This is Jesus. And Jesus told us, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And so we have to recognize he's the way, he's the truth, and he's life. And Paul is saying you have to recognize who Jesus is because he tells us why. He says, I'm telling you this 
so that no one will deceive you with well-crafted arguments. Hey, you know what? Jesus was a good guy. He was a great guy. He did a lot of good things. He even did miracles. But he's not God. Oh, you got it wrong. You see, listen, you want to find out where somebody is? You want to find out whether they are truly following the Christian faith? Then you ask them, do you recognize Jesus Christ as God? Not just the Son of God, but God in the flesh. And so in all of the key areas of life, we're called to recognize Jesus, recognize who he is, recognize what he has done. You see, if you think that Jesus is just a nice guy, if you think that he was a human and, and, and he wasn't perfect in all of his ways, you will not recognize who he is and what he has done for you, and you'll never experience greater wholeness. And so the first thing is to recognize Jesus. Secondly, Paul would go on to say, then receive Jesus. How do you experience wholeness? You recognize Jesus, and then you receive Jesus. Look what Paul goes on to say. Therefore, in light of everything I just said, as you receive Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. So let me ask you a question today. Have you ever received Jesus Christ? I'm not asking you if you believe in him. I'm asking, have you received him? Have you ever accepted him as your personal savior, as the way, the truth, and the life? Have you ever prayed this prayer? Jesus, as much as I understand, as much as I know how, I invite you into my life. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I thank you for dying on a cross. I thank you for coming back from the dead. And I acknowledge that you are God. You are the savior of the world. Have you ever done that? See, you have to receive Jesus. Do you love Jesus? It all starts with Jesus. And he says here, therefore, just as you have received Jesus, the Lord. How did you receive Jesus? As the Lord. What does that mean? That he is supreme. That he's sovereign. That he's in control. And so he says here, just as you have received him, continue to walk in him. This is a language of relationship. This is a language of friendship. You see, you're, you're, you're walking with him. That's why it's not religion. He didn't say, therefore, just as you receive Jesus Christ as Lord, continue in your rituals, in your rules. No, he says, walk in him. And here's what we would say here at New Point. As you walk with Jesus, what is your next step? What is he calling you to do? If you ask him, he'll tell you. He will tell you. Now, for some of you, you haven't received Jesus, and I want to encourage you to do that. For others of you, you have, and you need to say, what is my next step in my relationship with you? Because here's what you need to understand. You get to determine the level of your relationship with Jesus. by walking in him, by developing that relationship, by developing that friendship. And so Paul says, continue to receive Jesus by faith. The same way that you received him by faith, you continue to walk in him by faith. Just as you started the relationship, you continue the relationship. And he says, don't, listen, don't let anyone deceive you. Jesus 
plus nothing is enough, and you live your life in him. He continues, and he says this. He says, be rooted in Jesus. Recognize Jesus, receive Jesus, but be rooted in Jesus. Look what he says. He says, being rooted and built up in him, that's Jesus, and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. Now, how many of us like things to grow? We all like things to grow, right? If, if things don't grow, then what happens is we're concerned, right? We're concerned. You know, when, when you have that child and they're not growing, it raises flags. If you have a plant and it's not growing, you're wondering, okay, what do I need to do? If you have a garden and it's not growing, you're saying, what on earth is happening here? Because we all like things to grow. And that's what he's talking about here. Being rooted and built up in him, established in the faith, just as you were taught. He's talking about being rooted, being grounded, making sure that you're established in this relationship. You see, without a deep, strong root system, what happens is when the storms of life come, what happens is it will just blow you over. And you'll be tempted to believe lies. You'll be tempted to believe the deceiver. God doesn't care. If God was God, why doesn't he do something about it? And you will find yourself, okay, doubting God, doubting who Jesus really is. And so let me ask you a question. How deep are your roots? How deep are your roots? Can they withstand life? and all of its trials and troubles? Can it withstand things that you don't understand? You see, Proverbs says this. Proverbs says, wickedness never brings stability, but the godly have what? Deep roots. You've got to make sure that you're rooted in Jesus. Now, listen to me very carefully. Some of you are more rooted in me than you are in Jesus. And so you can get mad at me or disappointed in me, and you say, I'm out of here. Or you, you all okay on that one, huh? Or you can be more rooted in New Point. And if something doesn't happen at New Point that, that, that you want or something happens that you don't like, then you know what? You're out of here. All, all that is saying is that you're not rooted in Jesus. You're not rooted in Jesus. You're rooted in the wrong thing. You have to be rooted in Jesus and built up in him. Now, what happens is the thing with roots is nobody sees them. And we're people who like to see things. The, the way in which you tell if you're really rooted is after you've been through a storm to see if you're blown over or not. And, and what happens is we live in a very challenging and difficult time. And so as Paul says here, we need to have deep roots. You see, our culture loves the visible. And the only way the visible stays sustainable is if you have deep roots roots. And so how do you do that? Well, here's the question we have to answer. How do you sustain your relationship with Jesus? How do you stay, sustain your relationship with God? You look for things to be thankful for. Look at what it says here. He says, being rooted and built up in him, established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in what? abounding in thanksgiving. Wow. 
Wow. So what does it take to sustain and build up your relationship with Jesus? You've got to be abounding in thanksgiving. You know what? What does it take to sustain a relationship with your spouse, with your mom, with your dad, with a friend? How about how does it take to sustain a relationship with New Point? You've got to be grateful. You've got to be abounding in thanksgiving. You see, when you're, listen, when you're abounding in thanksgiving, what happens is that releases the flow of God's grace and God's will in your life. See, you say, what is God's will? Well, 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says, this is God's will, is that you give thanks in everything. You see, what happens is when you and I are grateful people, when we look for that which uh, we can be grateful for, what happens is it keeps us from the currents that would cause us to be ungrateful. And so what that does is it guards us from being deceived by the enemy because Paul goes on to say this. He says, see to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and by empty deceit according to human tradition. Well, they don't love you. If, if they loved you, this wouldn't be happening. God doesn't love you. Jesus isn't all powerful because if he was, this wouldn't be happening. He would step in. He would do this. He would do that. That's being a captive by philosophy and empty deceit according to what? Human tradition, because that's the way that mankind thinks. He says, according to the elemental spirits of the world and not according to Christ. You see, Paul wants the church in Colossae to see that all they need and every, ever, ever could need is the person of Jesus Christ. He wants them to recognize Jesus, receive Jesus. He wants them to be rooted in Jesus because there's an ever-enticing culture that's going to want to tell you that Jesus is not enough, that he's not enough. And Paul doesn't want the, the, the church in Colossae to be carried away by human traditions or by human philosophy, because what he saw and what he heard was that there were false teachers out there trying to lure them away of saying, your God is small, he's not faithful, he's not dependable. You see, they were trying to instill a philosophy. That's a love of human wisdom. And it conveys this, that this is the way in which you should live, but it promises much, but it delivers very, very little. And Paul is saying, you know what? Don't allow them to carry you by human philosophy or empty deceit. Don't allow that to happen. And I'm telling you, listen, listen to me, I'm telling you, many people have walked away because they've believed the lies of other people and their philosophy and their deceit. And Paul is saying, listen, you need to recognize who Jesus is. You need to receive him and walk in him, and you need to be rooted and grounded in him. Because listen to me, the enemy will throw at you and me everything. Some of us here today, you know what? You've been doubting whether God really loves you and whether God's really for you. And really, if God can do anything about your situation. See, listen, you're being captive by philosophy and empty deceit according to human tradition. And this is not from God. It's from the enemy. It's man-made. And Paul condemns this 
completely and thoroughly. And what he's wanting them to do is to come back to the simplicity of faith in Jesus. Faith in Jesus. Accepting empty beliefs, okay, will wreck your faith in Jesus. And Paul was charging them and challenging them, get back to recognizing Jesus, receiving him and walking in his ways, being rooted in him. And so he was telling them, you need to deepen your faith in Jesus. You need to look at the things that you are grateful for and what he has done for you. And so Paul continues and he says this, for it said Christ that lives all the fullness of God in a human body. So you are also complete through your union with Christ, who is the head over every ruler and authority. He says, you are complete. Listen to me. You ever heard somebody say, I found my soulmate. They complete me. No, they don't. Give it time. No, they don't. Or you you know what? You you say, you know, hey, we, 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 we finally had a kid. And guess what? We feel completed. No, you don't. Or we finally got this job, or we finally achieved this, and we feel, we feel complete. No, li- listen to me. Greater wholeness comes through one person and one person alone, and it's Jesus. And Paul says, you are complete through your union with Christ, who is the head over every ruler and authority. Listen, there is nothing outside of Jesus that you and I ultimately need. He is all-sufficient. Why? Because God dwells in him. And if God dwells in him, when we accept him, then God dwells in us. And it is the fullness of God that dwells in Jesus. And so it is wholly unnecessary for you and I to supplement anything else in our relationship with Jesus Christ. Listen to me, Christ and Christ alone is enough. It's that plain. It's that simple. And so don't treat your life like a spiritual buffet. Well, you know what? I need to add this, and I need to add that, and I need to have this experience, and I need to have that experience. Listen to me. Jesus is enough. Keep trusting Jesus. Keep believing in Jesus. Keep putting all of your hope in Jesus because he is everything. He is enough. And having a knowledge of who he is and being rooted in him will deliver the goods every single time. Every single time. And then Paul finally says this, remember Jesus. How do you experience wholeness? Okay, you recognize Jesus, you receive Jesus, all right? You're rooted in Jesus and you remember Jesus. Who lives in you? If you've accepted Jesus Christ, who lives in you? It's Jesus Christ, the fullness of God. You are complete. You are whole through your union in Christ. We just read that. And so look what he goes on to say in in causing these people. Remember Jesus. Remember Jesus. When you came to Christ, you were circumcised, but not by a physical procedure. Christ performed a spiritual circumcision, the cutting away of your sinful nature. That means you're bent towards sinning. 
Now you want to do right. Before Christ, you wanted to do wrong. He goes on to say this, for you were buried with Christ when you were baptized, and with him you were raised to what? A new life, a new life. Because you trust, check this out, because you trusted the mighty power of God who raised Christ from the dead. And that same power lives in you and me. And so you remember who Jesus is. Who is he? He's God. What did he do? He took on your sin. He took on my sin. He died on a cross, and then he was resurrected three days later. You see, God treated Jesus as though he was Dwight so he could treat Dwight as though he was Jesus. That's the greater wholeness, and God is reminding them because they had forgotten. They started striving for something more. They thought, I needed something more than Jesus. Let me ask you today. Are you striving for something more, approval? Do you feel like you need to, to act better when you come to church? You all okay, huh? Do you feel like, like, like you need to, to keep these rules or these regulations or these rituals? Somehow, if you do, that God smiles on you more? Listen, you're believing empty deceit and human philosophy. You see, in Jesus is the fullness of God. It's the fullness of God. And we have to understand it. There is no room for anything else. Experiencing the life of Jesus means that there is no room for you or me to take any credit. We just remember Jesus. And you know what we do? We just say, God, I thank you for Jesus. I thank you for Jesus. And you know what that does? Paul says it will do this. It will cause you and I to rejoice in Jesus. It'll cause you and I to rejoice in Jesus. That's how you experience wholeness. Look what he says here. He says, you were dead because of your sins and because of your sinful nature was not yet cut away. Then God made you alive with Christ for he forgave all your sins. He canceled the record of the charges against us and took it away by nailing it to the cross. In this way, check this out. In this way, he disarmed the spiritual rulers and the authorities. That means that, that, that he disarmed Satan and all of his demonic army, okay? He goes on to say this. He shamed them publicly by his victory over them on the cross. And so Paul says, remember Jesus and then rejoice in Jesus. Rejoice in the fact that he has forgiven you of all of your sins. Rejoice that he will never, ever, ever count your sins against you. Rejoice in the fact that he, he canceled the charges against you, nailing it to the cross. Rejoice in the fact that he has disarmed the rulers and the authorities of this world. Satan has no authority over your life or my life. Realize and, and rejoice in the fact that he is greater than anything that you and I will ever face or deal with. Rejoice. Paul says it like this when he wrote to the church in, in Philippi. Always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all that you do. That's what people who are whole do, by the way, all right? Remember the Lord is coming soon. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all that he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, wholeness, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your what? Your hearts and your minds as you live in Christ. 
as you live in Christ Jesus. You recognize who he is. You receive him. You're rooted in him. You remember him and you rejoice in him. That's how you and I can experience greater wholeness. And then I finish up with this. Paul closes out with this in chapter two. You have died with Christ and he has set you free from the spiritual powers of this world. Isn't that good? Huh? So why do you keep on trying to follow rules of the world, such as don't handle, don't taste, don't touch? Such rules are mere human teachings about things that disintegrate as we use them. Deteriorate, excuse me. These rules may seem wise because they require strong devotions, pious self-denial, and severe bodily discipline, but they provide no help in conquering a person's evil desires. You know why? The only thing that will conquer your evil desires and my evil desires is Jesus. So let me ask you a question as we wrap up. Are you trying to earn something that's already paid for? Have you convinced yourself that following a rule or following a ritual will somehow earn you brownie points with God? You couldn't be more wrong. It's Jesus. It's always been Jesus. It will always be Jesus. Never stray away from it being Jesus. There's only one way that you and I can experience wholeness. There's only one way that you and I can experience completeness. There's only one person who can bring you wholeness and completeness, and that is the person of Jesus Christ, and he's knocking at your door right now, and he will give you peace of heart and peace of mind. He will give you greater wholeness. Will you pray with me? What do you need to do today? Maybe you need to recognize Jesus, that he is who he says he is, and that he will do what he's promised to do. Maybe you need to receive him. Maybe you have received him, but you need to continue to walk in him and develop that relationship. Or maybe you need to be rooted and grounded in him. You're more rooted and grounded in other things than you are in Jesus. Or maybe you need to remember him, that he is God and he dwells in you and me. Or maybe you just need to rejoice in who he is and what he's done. You see, I need to become less, and he needs to become greater. And in doing so, I'll experience greater wholeness. Jesus is enough. It's Jesus plus nothing that brings wholeness and completeness to one's life. And so, Father, we thank you today for who you are. We love you. We thank you for who you are. We thank you for coming to earth as Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. We thank you for taking on our shame, our guilt, our sin, and defeating it and conquering it. And we thank you for giving us your spirit that dwells in each and every one of us who have put our faith and trust in you. Help us to remember that you are enough. And it's in your name that we pray, amen. If you want to talk to someone about a decision you've made or let us know how God's moving through this series, visit newpoint.org forward slash contact. Be sure to stay connected with us throughout the week on social media, download our app, subscribe to our weekly podcasts through the App Store or Google Play, or catch us on Roku or Apple TV.
Thanks for listening to today's message, and we hope you continue to realize and reach your full potential in Jesus Christ.